To commemorate the first day of Pride Month, the New York Times is admitting that conservatives are totally right about transgenderism. In a profile of Will Thomas, who is the hulking male swimmer that beat all the girls at the NCAA championship, the Times included a section titled, The Debate Over the Science. But as the Times acknowledged, there is not much debate. Beginning in the womb, the Times admits, men are bathed in testosterone and puberty accelerates that. Men on average have broader shoulders, bigger hands, and longer torsos, and greater lung capacity and heart capacity. Muscles are denser. The Times even quotes a sports physiologist who applies these scientific facts to Will Thomas. Quote, Thomas is the manifestation of the scientific evidence. Dr. Ross Tucker explains to the Times, the reduction in testosterone did not remove her biological advantage. Lots of conservatives are going to be happy that the Times is finally acknowledging that boys and girls are different. They're going to say that this may finally be the beginning of the end for transgender ideology. And I hate to burst their bubble, but I think the opposite is true. I think this is the beginning of an even more radical stage of the sexual revolution. In the past, transgender activists have tried to argue that men who think they're women really are women. And it was never very convincing, but they were trying, at least, to make sense of transgenderism. Increasingly, it seems they've given up on that. Now they're not interested in making sense of their sexual ideology at all. They're just interested in enforcing it. No more logic, no more arguments, no more sense. Just the sheer tyranny of will. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. I think that should be the title of his memoir. I want a royalty credit on that. The, the tyranny of will, the Leah Thomas story. <laughs> sheer brutal tyranny of will. The NCAA championship of 2022. My favorite comment yesterday is from Percy, who says, I've been addiction-free for a month, and I've never felt better. But to see an ad say stuff like, don't be ashamed, you are using, be empowered, you are using safely, is just pure insanity. Yes, it is. Talking about that ad on the New York City subway yesterday, where it's a heroin addict saying, don't be ashamed that you're shooting up drugs that could kill you. Just be happy that you're using relatively clean needles. That's a horrible thing to tell an addict. Of course, addicts should be ashamed. Notice that the people who are putting up these signs are not addicted to heroin themselves. They, they say, no, you shoot up heroin, you dirty, filthy, poor people. You shoot up heroin. I would never have any of my precious family do that. Sort of like the people who say, look, I would never get abortion. I would never kill my beautiful, precious children. But all you dirty, smelly, poor people, you, you should kill your children, right? Uh, no. No, how about we encourage things that are good for everybody? How about we protect our country, our way of life, and our home. You want to protect your home? You got to check out Ring. Right now, go to ring.com slash Knowles. Summer is such a wonderful time. I cannot wait to get away. I love Nashville, but it's the pollen capital of the world. I'm excited to go to Bermuda, Jamaica. Baby, I want to take you to Kokomo. I want to get out of here, okay? And I can do that. I'll have peace of mind because of Ring. Ring protects your home. You know about the Ring video doorbell. You can see and speak to whoever is at your door, no matter where you are, whether you're in uh, Montego, Bermuda, Bahama, wherever. You can talk to that person. 
You can get the ring alarm. You can keep an eye on your windows, on your doors. You can protect from freeze, fire, flood, the bad guys, everything. And then you can go pro. CNET calls Ring Alarm Pro a giant leap for home security because it protects not only your physical home, but your digital home. How much of your life do you live online? Well, it protects your Wi-Fi router. It protects your data. Protect everything with Ring, especially this summer, especially when you're on the road. I absolutely love these guys. They make me feel safe. They've been with the show pretty much from the very beginning. Go to ring.com slash Knowles. That is ring.com slash Knowles. This is not the beginning of the end of transgenderism. I'm sorry to tell you, I wish that it were. Conservatives have been waiting for years now. They say transgenderism, that's it. That's going to be finally the the dam breaking with all this crazy leftism. They're not going to be able to hold it together anymore. People are going to flee. I'm not sure that's true. Not sure that's true at all. Frankly, at least in the old days, when they would say, look, the the hulking giant dude with the giant Adam's apple and wearing the tight little women's swim trunks where you can see all of her body parts, she is totally a woman, right? And, And we all knew that that wasn't true and it was so obvious, but at least they were trying to have some kind of coherent argument. Now, they don't do that. Will Thomas basically will just say, and the people around him will say, yeah, he's got an advantage. Well, too bad. Will Thomas was asked about this very problem, and he didn't even address the argument. He didn't even really try to make sense of it. He just said, look, this is what I want, and so I'm going to do it. There are some who look at the data and suggest that you're enjoying a competitive advantage. What do you say to that? There's a lot of factors that go into a race and how, how well you do. And the biggest change for me is that I'm happy. And sophomore year, um, where I had my best times competing with the men, I was miserable. And so having that be lifted is incredibly relieving and allows me to put my all into training, into racing. Trans people don't transition for athletics. We transition to be happy and authentic and our true selves. Uh, Look, I'm happy. Oh, what about the girls who don't want me to strip naked in their locker rooms? Well, who cares what they think? They're somebody else. They're not me, and this is what I want. Oh, oh, you're asking me about the girls whose trophies I'm taking away and whose championships I'm taking, potentially whose scholarships I'm taking? Yeah, there are other people. I don't care about them. I care about me. Me, 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 me. I'm happy. This is my authentic self. Now, obviously, it's not his authentic self. He is authentically a man. And he is deluded and thinks that he's a woman. And now our society, which has lost the thread even more than this guy has, is encouraging him to say that he's he's a woman. He is not authentically a woman. Ultimately, it's not going to make him happy. These lies don't make anybody happy, not in the long term. But but he's he's not even addressing the question of truth and falsehood, the question of reality. He doesn't care. He is just locked entirely in his own will, in his own irrational desires. With all the pollen in the air in Nashville, it sort of sounds like I am transitioning right now. That's what it's going to sound like for a lot of people. With him, he doesn't even sound like he's on any particular drugs. He's got a deeper voice than I do right now. And he says, look, well, last year when I was competing with the men's team and I wasn't winning the races, I was sad. And now I'm competing on the girls' team and I'm beating all of them because I'm a hulking giant dude and I'm happy. So why are you asking me about all this nonsense about how boys have an advantage over girls and biology and reality? How dare you? How dare you talk about my happiness? 
and the happiness of others, who gives a damn? That's, that's much scarier. <laughs> when people are making bad arguments, that is preferable to people not making arguments at all. Because not making arguments at all just reduces politics to grunting and irrational sounds and brute force and interest. And increasingly, that's what our politics looks like. And there is a catering toward this extremely small sexual minority. The uh, San Francisco mayor, London Breed, has just announced her plan to tackle the homeless problem. There's a huge homeless problem in San Francisco. That city has collapsed in recent years. There's crime everywhere. You want to talk about needles and addiction. There's needles all over the streets, human feces all over the streets. The city is looking really, really bad. But London Breed is not going to be addressing homelessness writ large. She's not going to be spending money to, to tackle the homelessness problem. She's spending money to tackle transgender homelessness. She says, today I announced my five-year plan to end transgender homelessness in San Francisco, which includes investing in programs to support and create real long-term change in the lives of transgender people. She's going to be spending six and a half million dollars to do this. Why? Why? Why are all of the resources going toward an extremely small number of sexual deviants? Why? It's not, I, it's not that I don't have sympathy for these people. It's not that I don't want to help these people. But why are they the only people that we're helping? How about homeless veterans? Don't you think maybe homeless veterans deserve a little bit of our taxpayer money? Don't you think they deserve a little bit of our attention? This is going to be shocking to say, don't you think they might even deserve a little more of our attention than people who you are defining simply by their perverse sexual identities and, and desires and self-conception? Don't you think maybe, if you, if you went out and you served our country and you put your life on the line to defend our freedom, don't you think maybe you deserve a little of our consideration? No. Well, how about uh, the homeless elderly, senior citizens? Don't they deserve any of our consideration? No. Only an extremely small minority of men who think that they're women, usually, and an even smaller minority of women who think that they're men, whose delusions we are encouraging, they get all the attention. They get all the money. They get all the focus to the exclusion of everyone else. It's, it's a hierarchy. And part of the reason that this is happening is because the left understands incentives. And they like this. They are promoting sexual confusion. They are, they are discouraging a politics based on reason, based on purpose, based on traditionally understood conceptions of the good and what's right and what's true and what leads to a flourishing society. And they're encouraging people to, to pursue one moral maxim above all others. Namely, if it feels good, do it. This is why uh, Kirk Cameron, the actor who's an outspoken Christian, just came out. He got in a lot of trouble yesterday. He was trending all over social media because he was encouraging homeschooling. And he said, public schools are not merely neutral. Public schools are not merely ignoring what is good and true and beautiful, but they're actively undermining all of it. They don't want to abandon their children to a system that uh, by and large is doing more grooming for leftist politics and sexual chaos and racial confusion than they are doing any real educating about truth, beauty, and goodness. 100% totally right. H how could you send your kid to these schools today? The public schools, a lot of the private schools, for goodness sakes, even some of the Christian schools are encouraging this stuff. The point of education is to 
is to educate you. It's to train you. It's to cultivate all those best things in you. It's to, as Kirk points out, pursue the good, the true, and the beautiful. So if all the schools are doing is grooming leftist politics and sexual chaos, how could you send your kids there? By the way, the wealthy, the elite, they're probably not sending their kids there. They're, they're probably sending their kids to a, a more ordinary, at least relatively more ordinary, serious school that might in some way educate them. But for all the rest of you hoi polloi out there, no, spend your days watching Drag Queen Story Hour because that's good for our political agenda, so says the left. Pretty soon we're going to have to do things for ourselves, not just to school our kids, but also to fix our cars. That's why you got to check out Rock Auto. Right now, go to rockauto.com, write Knowles in their How Did You Hear About Us box. I love these guys. Rock Auto was founded by automotive engineers over 20 years ago. They've been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. And what I love about them is, one, the website is so easy to navigate. Even I can do it. I'm not exactly the most handy guy in the world, especially when it comes to cars. I can even navigate this thing. And also, they're so direct. There's no gimmicks, no bells and whistles. It's not that you got to log in on Tuesday morning at 3 a.m. to get the 17% off. It's none of that. You always get reliably low prices, no gimmicks, same prices for pros and do-it-yourselfers, and you're going to save 10%. 20%, 50% off the same products that you would get at the brick and mortar auto parts store. You save time, you save money. I love these guys. They have been on the show basically from the very beginning. They've stood by us, which is a courageous thing to do for companies these days. So reward them, reward yourself by going to rockauto.com. Get the brakes, shocks, carpet, wipers, headlights, mirrors, mufflers, lug nuts, any other parts you need. Be sure when you check out to write Knowles in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. You want to see how bad the situation has gotten in the schools. It's not just the weird, creepy sex stuff, though that's a big problem. It's, it's the racial miseducation that's going on, too. Every day that we think the racial division in schools can't get any worse, every day we look and we say, gosh, why are they teaching critical race theory in math class? Why are they? It does somehow get worse. There is now a Chicago school that is implementing a race-based grading system. This is Oak Park and River Forest High School, uh, where administrators will require that teachers in the next school year adjust their classroom grading scales to account for skin color and ethnicity. This is fair, they say. They say that traditional grading practices perpetuate inequities and intensify the opportunity gap. And so now they're focused on basically just giving black students an advantage and white students a disadvantage. And they have to do this because it's the only, it's the only way to account for their ideology, which happens to be wrong. It is true. White students, generally speaking, do better than black students in school. The only way that the libs are willing to account for this is to say that the system is rigged unfairly against black students. Because the alter- there are two alternatives to that. One, you could say that there are just racial differences in education. It's inborn. It's in your DNA. You're never going to overcome it. So they're, ob- they're obviously not going to say that. And I, I, don't, I don't think anybody wants to say that. But then there is, a, there is a, a pretty obvious answer to this, which is there are some cultural issues here. Some cultural issues at work. If you come from a home where you don't have mommy and daddy at home, if you, like 72% of black people in America, are born out of wedlock, you are automatically at a disadvantage in education. 
you're automatically at a disadvantage in all of your outcomes of life. Just, just that one factor. That is a pathology in among what, what is called the black community. It's kind of fun. Everyone has a community now. This month, we're only talking about the gay community, but we're talking about the black community. Even though community should really involve people who are living in community with one another, you know, who are in a local place, who work together. Anyway, that's a digression. So among black people in the United States, this is a major, major problem. It wasn't always the case. As recently as 50 years ago, out-of-wedlock births was m- were much, much lower. But because of a number of cultural factors, some political, some governmental factors, we're now at the stage where black people really are at a disadvantage. But the left can't look at that because then the left would have to say, hey, there's something wrong here in the incentives. There's something wrong here in behaviors. We're going to tell you there's a standard. There's a norm. You have to get married. We encourage you to get married. It's wrong to not get married. You have to raise your kids. It's wrong not to raise your kids. You have to do all. And I'm, I'm just focusing on this one pathology that is afflicting black people in America. The left can't address that because they would have to admit that something is fundamentally wrong in their conception of the world, which eschews ideas of good and evil, right and wrong, true and false, and, and basically just pursues the tyranny of the will. Do whatever you want whenever you want to do it. Just don't, just don't make me pay for it. Just don't yuck my yum. Just don't tell me what to do, that sort of thing. So instead, they have to go to this idea that it's all just fundamentally rigged. And there will be no end to that. We're going to end up in, in the, the story Harrison Bergeron by Kurt Vonnegut where instead of having a, a politics that builds people up, that lifts people up, that encourages people to do better and to flourish, we're just going to have a politics that breaks everybody down, that, that punishes everybody if they excel in any way, regardless of their race, regardless of their location. And this is really bad. This is not just kids not learning from their reading, writing, and arithmetic. This can be life and death. Did you hear about the mass shooting over the weekend? No, you didn't. You heard about the mass shooting in Texas, that horrible shooting at the elementary school. You heard about the mass shooting in Buffalo? Remember that a few weeks ago? You didn't hear about the mass shooting where 46 people were shot, where 10 people were killed in Chicago. That, that took place over the course of a few days in Chicago, Memorial Day weekend. You didn't hear about that. One, because it was a mass shooting in slow motion. It didn't take place over the course of three hours. It took place over the course of three days. Still, three days blip of time really, really quick. And you didn't hear about that because it's politically inconvenient for Democrats. And when there's a tragic attack that is not convenient for Democrats, I'm thinking of the Waukesha massacre where a, where a, a guy drove his car into a parade. He seemed to have uh, racial motivations. I think he was a, a black nationalist. He drove his, drove his car into a parade of white people right before Christmas. That disappeared from the news in about 24 hours. That wasn't convenient for the left's narrative. Here in Chicago, you've got mostly black people being shot in a mostly black city that's been run by Democrats since the Stone Age, and you don't hear about it. But I don't know, that's pretty bad. I think it's just as bad if your friends or your family are killed over a three-day period as as though they were killed over the, the course of an afternoon, but that won't be addressed. Because, of course, I don't need to tell you this, I'm preaching to the choir. The Democrats are not interested in protecting people. The Democrats are not interested. Although they are, they are ginning up their rhetoric on the importance of human life, on, on the scourge of mass shootings, they're turning that rhetoric up to 11, but they don't want to take the really basic steps, the non-controversial steps, the steps we can all agree on to protect people. One, one example of this, to go back to the shooting at the school, would be to what is called harden the schools. So you 
install new doors so that you can't get in from the outside. You won't just have a door open to anyone who wants to walk in. You can get out from the inside, but you can't get in from the outside. You have one entrance. You have an armed guard or two armed guards at the one entrance of the school. Really basic stuff that if it had been in place in Uvalde, the shooting would not have happened. So people are asking Joe Biden now and asking his, his new press secretary, poor Karine Jean-Pierre, hey, is Biden willing, you know, he's so nervous, he's so upset, he's so worried about these students. Is he willing to take this basic step? What does she say? No way. The problem is what with is with guns and not having uh, and not having legislation to really deal with an issue uh, that is a pandemic here in this country, uh, and so uh, you, you know that is that is not his focus, uh, obviously. And uh, when it comes to uh, when it comes to schools, and and I don't know what he said specifically about about schools. I know there's been uh, conversation about hardening schools. That is not something that he believes in. He believes that we should be able to to give. Give, uh, teachers the resources to be able to do the job uh, that they're meant to do at schools. Um, and this is something that uh, he's been focusing on uh, since he was a vice, vice president. So those are two things that he does not agree on. He does not agree with hardening schools. He wants to give teachers the resources they need to do their job. Well, one of the teacher's jobs is to protect the kids. One of those resources would be a lock on the doors. Pretty simple not very expensive, not very hard to install, not very ideological, just put locks on the doors. No, he's not going to do that. He's not interested in that. The issue is the guns. What do you mean the issue is the guns? Do you, do you know how per capita gun ownership has changed over the last 50 years, 1970s to the present? Per capita gun ownership in the 1970s was about 43% in the United States. Today, about 42%. It stayed the same Actually, it's decreased a little bit. Why didn't we have all these shootings in the 70s? Can't be the guns. Have guns really advanced so much since the 1970s? Not really. Not really. Uh, they're a little better. Maybe you get like a slightly better scope, but now the guns are pretty much the same. The AR-15 is not a new gun. And the AR-15 is used in, in very, very few, relatively very few killings every year. No, that didn't change. Something has changed breakdown of the family, total collapse of church attendance, social chaos, sexual chaos, huge spikes in depression, huge spikes in isolation. There are a lot of fatherlessness. There's a ton of stuff that's changed. But no, the libs don't want to address that because that contradicts their narrative. So they're going to focus on this one gun that they've been trying to outlaw for decades. They actually did briefly outlaw it. The, the outlawing of it didn't do anything. That's why they, we got the guns back. And they're just going to keep pushing that. You're not, hey, guys, can you just put a lock on the doors of the schools? No, sorry, that's too much. It's, it's just pure injustice. Increasingly, people feel that there are two justice systems. That there are two, that when you go to this high school in Chicago, there's one system for the white students and the Asian students, and there's one system for the black students and the Hispanic students. And you're going to fall into one of those two systems based on the color of your skin. And you're going to be graded more harshly if you're white or Asian than if you're black or Hispanic. People feel that increasingly, if you're transgender or you have any other kind of sexual confusion, you're going to be treated in an advantaged way. You're going to receive special government benefits. You're going to receive special access through affirmative action and through other programs to, to social benefits. And if you're not that, then you're going to be disadvantaged. And you're seeing it in the justice system. One of the greatest miscarriages of justice I've ever seen yesterday, the lawyer 
who, who lied to the FBI on behalf of Hillary Clinton to start the entire Russia hoax got off the hook yesterday because increasingly, it seems like there are two different systems of justice in this country. Now, June is a very special time. It's the beginning of summer. It's when school's out. It's when the temperatures rise. It is a month that fills all of us with pride. Doesn't it? Isn't that the main thing it fills us with? Tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern, I am so excited for this. I'm so excited. Matt Walsh's new Daily Wire original documentary, What is a Woman, will finally premiere on Backstage. This movie has been over a year in the making. Ben, Drew, Matt Walsh, God King Jeremy Boring, and myself, we will all be sitting around backstage to prepare for the premiere. I am so excited for this. I, I don't think I'm telling tales at a school here. This movie cost so much money to make. <laughs> it, we, we sent Walsh to Africa, okay? We, this movie costs so much money to make. We can only do it because of you. We need your money. We need you to subscribe to The Daily Wire. We appreciate all of you who have subscribed already. We need more of you to subscribe, okay? We have been fortunate enough and lucky enough and blessed enough because of your support to be able to avoid what all the libs want to be able to make us do, which is to put all sorts of fetters and limits and controls on what we say, what we do, the kind of content we make. And we've been able to avoid that because of you. So we need you to subscribe. You go to whatisawoman.com. You get 25% off. Take a look at the trailer. What is a woman? Can you tell me that? <laughs> well, you're at the Women's March. You must have some idea. I'm a husband. I'm a father of four. I host a talk show. I give speeches. I write books. I like to make sense of things. A woman is not anything in particular. There is not one particular thing. It could be many things to many people. Some women have penises, right? Some men have vaginas. And so they go on the internet and they're told that all of their problems will be solved if they become a man. There are masculine girls. There are feminine boys. What are we gonna do about that? Carve them up? I care about the truth. I care about children. I care about the women who are having their opportunities stolen from them. Based on what I'm saying, would you ever want to move to America? <laughs> they say no, never. I am so excited for this movie. The critics would love to shut us up, but we're not letting them for now. We are committed to uncovering the reality behind this radical movement that's erasing women and mutilating children. We're going to do it loudly and proudly. What is a Woman premieres tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern. See it yourself at whatisawoman.com and subscribe. Get 25% off your membership right now. We'll be right back with a lot more. One of the greatest injustices I have ever seen in our legal system took place yesterday, and almost nobody's talking about it. And this is so frustrating because it's right out of the Clinton playbook. Hillary Clinton's lawyer, Michael Sussman, he was the campaign attorney. He lied to the FBI and cooked up a ridiculous story about Donald Trump having connections to a Russian bank. The Clinton campaign, up to and including Hillary Clinton herself, gave the go-ahead to plant this story, which they did to a credulous media. They did it to Slate. 
left-wing outlets. Slate, of course, did absolutely no research and took the Clinton campaign's word as gospel truth and ran it. And then this crooked lawyer, Michael Sussman, brought this ridiculous narrative, this hoax, to the FBI and lied to the FBI. He was asked, are you working for a political candidate? And he said, no, no, I'm not doing this for any, any candidate, any campaign. I'm just, I'm just a good American, you know? I'm just a good old-fashioned, I bleed the red, white, and blue, and I thought it was my civic duty to tell you that Donald Trump is colluding with the Russians. And so the FBI ran with it. And it was a way for the establishment, the liberal establishment, to go after Trump, to spy on Trump, to undermine Trump's presidency when he won. And this guy who got caught dead to rights, we've got the receipts, we've got the documents. He even charged the Clinton campaign. This guy is such a lawyer, such a dirtbag lawyer. He wasn't even willing to take the what, 18 or 24 minutes that it took him to lie to the FBI. He wasn't even willing to take that on the arm. He billed them while he was committing a crime, which proves the crime. And this rigged jury and this partisan judge let him off the hook. He was charged with lying to the FBI. The jury included multiple donors to the Hillary Clinton campaign. The judge was keeping evidence away from the jury in a way that was inexplicable unless you realize the judge is just a partisan hack. And so this guy gets off the hook. And what the Clinton campaign does, this is their old playbook, is deny, 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 deny. Hillary, did you plant the Russia hoax? Deny, 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 deny. Did you guys lie to the FBI? Deny, 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 deny. We're now, what, six years out of this, of what actually happened? So you deny, 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 deny for six years, and then when it's finally proven beyond a shadow of a freaking doubt that you did it, you say, oh, that's old news. That's old news. Why are you still talking about that? Because you've been lying about it for six years. Oh, no, come on, move on. We're still talking about this? We're still talking about 2016? Well, no, you... you First of all, you've been the one talking about 2016 because you haven't accepted the results of that election yet. But two, you've never been held accountable for your crimes. And it wasn't even just some rogue lawyer or some rogue campaign staffer. We have evidence that Hillary herself approved it because the campaign manager, Robbie Mook, testified that she approved it. Yeah, oh, come on, move on. It's old news. It's old news. And there's two sets of rules. There's one set of rules for the Clintons and there's one set of rules for the rest of us. If you, for instance... If you show up to the Capitol on the day that they're certifying the election and you put on a horn hat you know, and you go into the Capitol with doors, in some cases, held open for you by the Capitol Police, and you go in and you kind of dance around the Capitol Rotunda, if you are, say, a Midwestern dad and you go in there and you take some pictures cracking a Coors Light in the Capitol Rotunda, you will be thrown into solitary confinement. You will be called an insurrectionist a terrorist, a threat to our government, the stability of the United States itself. You will have the book thrown at you. You will have more than the book thrown at you. You will have crimes insinuated against you that you didn't commit, that no one's even formally alleging that you committed. If you, if you do that, if you crack the beer in the horn hat in the Capitol, if you lie to the FBI so that they can rig a presidential election so that they can undermine an entire presidency, Oh, well, never mind. Nothing to see here. Move along, move along. And we hear about our democracy. Our democracy? Our sacred trust in our sacred institutions of our sacred democracy. What democracy? What trust? What institutions? There's two sets of rules. Not, not just in the justice system. 
in all of it. In the schools, different sets of rules. If you if your skin's a different color, you have a different set of rules. If you have disordered sexual desires, different set of rules. It's a caste system is what that is. Whatever it is, it's not justice. Speaking of injustice and weird sexual issues, there is a really, a really wild story just came out. It's in, it's in the Daily Wire. This is out of the UK. A British man with a genetic syndrome that causes low IQ and learning disabilities uh, has reportedly fathered 15 children with women to whom he had not disclosed his condition. So he, you know, he didn't, he didn't do the deed. He didn't, he obviously, these women have never met this man. These women went to a sperm donor bank and they went to the sperm bank and they decided that they were going to create a child and intentionally deprive that child of his natural father. And frequently this is because the women are lesbians. So, you know, biology is not working for them to make a baby. So they go and they just buy a father out of a catalog. And they know that the child is going to be deprived of his father and never get to meet his father most likely. But that's okay because they really want a baby for them. It's kind of like they'd go get a poodle from a breeder. They want a baby. And so it's all about them. And so if the, if the child is going to be created to be denied his natural father, well, that's too bad. The women want it. Or single women sometimes do this. Again, who cares about the dad? Who cares about the kid? They, the women want it. But now the women are really upset because the babies aren't coming out perfectly like they wanted. The babies have, can you imagine this? The babies have a learning disability. The babies have a low IQ. Oh, that's awful. Take him back. I want to return him to the baby store. No, no. When I got my designer baby, when I ordered my baby through the catalog, I was, if not promised, it was, it was heavily implied that I would get a perfect baby. And now my baby's not perfect. Take him back. Oh gosh, what a victim I am here that when I tried to create a baby for my own selfish desires, he didn't come out as perfectly as I wanted. Oh, what a tangled web we weave when we selfishly conceive. This just goes to show you, it's not, I don't really blame this guy. I mean, I guess he should have been forthright on his applications about whatever medical conditions he has. But I don't really blame him. I blame the women who put their, look, they have a natural desire to have kids. I get it. And they're not willing to do the things that are required to have kids, namely get married to a man and have a stable, loving household. They're, they're not willing to do that because their sexual desires are different. They don't like men that much. And so they want to have their cake and eat it too. They want to pursue their own sexual desires that naturally preclude children, but they also want the babies. And so if the baby has to suffer and if the baby's interests have to be put in second place, well, that's too bad. So I blame the women and I blame the system. I blame society. <laughs> I sound like a leftist. It's society's fault, but I do blame society. I blame the political community that permits this. This is wrong. This is really wrong for children. And it's really wrong for all the rest of us. And it's so cruel, too. It's so cruel in just the everyday practice of it. To say, oh, oh, yucky, you've got a lower IQ than I wanted. Ugh, gosh, all right, I'll deal with him, I guess, if I can't return the baby. That's a really awful thing to say. And it's a, it's a soft eugenics that's being practiced here. When people look through these catalogs, what they're looking for is, okay, is he tall? Is he tall, dark, and handsome? Ooh, did he go to Harvard? That's good. Oh, look, he was on the football team. I bet he's nice and okay. Yeah, I want him. No one ever wants the scrawny guy with the low IQ. They usually don't pick him out of the catalog. That's why the guy lied about it on his forum. So it's, you're practicing a soft eugenics 
which, which in a way everyone does when they go to the bar and they pick out their men and say, you look pretty cute. Okay. But at least in that case, you are giving of yourself entirely in love to the other person. And the product of your love is a baby. And you you give that baby the best life that the baby can possibly have. And you don't put the baby at an automatic disadvantage when you raise him in a fatherless home or a, or a motherless home for that matter. You, you do that for your love. But now we've reversed that. And it's, it goes right, it goes right back to Will Thomas at the top of the show. Yeah, well, maybe it's not right, but I want it. Now I'm happy. Me, me, me. Me, 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 me. And anyone else, well, their, their interests and their desires be damned. I'm going to do what I want to do. This is not, not good. This actually, I know we've moved on from the current thing. You know, the current thing changes. It was COVID. Then it was the war in Ukraine. Then it was, uh, last week, briefly, the current thing was great replacement theory. Remember that? That was the current thing for like 18 hours or something. Then everyone moved on from that as well. But that was the big boogeyman from the left for, for about 18 hours. If you look into what is meant by the great replacement theory, the libs are saying it's just a, a white supremacist, awful conspiracy theory. The guy who, who coined the term, he's a, a Frenchman by the name of Renaud Camus. I mentioned him when this came up. Uh, surely none of the people who are committing acts of violence have ever read this guy, Renaud Camus. But his point is, it's not really primarily about race. It's not even really primarily about migration. The issue of, of replacement comes to this ideology of replacism, where we believe that in, in our modern society, anything can be replaced by any other thing. So in migration, any people can be replaced by any other people and it won't change the product. You could take Italy and take out all the Italians and replace them with Germans and you'd still have Italy. Now we all know, of course, you wouldn't have Italy. You just have Germany. <laughs> but, but that's part of the ideology. You can take, I don't know, uh, you can take any piece of woodworking and replace it with plastic and you get the same thing. We've increasingly done that in our society. And notably, you're going to hear a lot about this this month. You can take women and replace them with men or men and replace them with women. And nothing's going to change. But, but we know it does change because we know that men and women really are different. And this has been a problem that has been festering for at least 50 years now, at least since the feminism of the 1970s, which said a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle, which said that men and women are exactly the same and the only differences are superficial. In that kind of ideology, according to that ideology, you have to redefine marriage. Because if, we're, if feminism is defining man equals woman, man and women are exact, men and women are exactly the same, M equals W, why then M plus W must therefore equal M plus M must therefore equal W plus W because M equals W. So of course that's the same. And in a world in which you continue to follow that logic where men and women are exactly the same, of course Will Thomas needs to swim on the girls team because men and women are the same. There's no difference. You just replace the girls with the boys and nothing changes. But I think something does change, doesn't it? Because we look at it, we watch it, we see that interview, we say, ah, Actually, there's something about particular cultures, particular places, particular sexes, particular biology, particular human nature that is real, that you can't, you can't just ideologize away, rationalize away. Now, speaking of replacement, speaking of wokeness in schools, up in America's hat, up in Canada, things have been going really kooky lately. At George Brown College in Ontario, 
when you log on to go to a Zoom meeting for this college, to take an online class, which are increasingly popular, you have to sign an acknowledgement. And you know, we, we have done this for years. You sign a privacy acknowledgement. When you go use a social media site, they say, hey, you, we've got a 50,000 word essay here where we basically say we're going to take all your privacy away. Scroll to the bottom and agree. I agree. We always agree. Okay, if you use this service, if you submit a document this way, you're going to acknowledge and agree to these things. Okay, boom, boom, scroll down, agree. Well, this new agreement that you have to uh, use is a little more ideological. It's a little, little more woke. Before you log on, you have to acknowledge this sacred land on which George Brown College operates. They say, it has been a site of human activity since time immemorial. This land is the territory of the Huron-Wendat, Mississaugas, Anishinaabe, and the Haudenosaunee, Sawney, not Saucy. The territory is the subject of the dish with one spoon wampum belt covenant. That sounds like something made up in a Liz Warren cookbook, but that's real. You have to acknowledge that. An agreement between the Haudenosaunee Confederacy and the Confederacy of the Anishinaabek and allied nations to peaceably care for and share the resources around the Great Lakes. We acknowledge all treaty peoples, including those who came here as settlers as migrants, either in this generation or in generations past, and those of us who came here involuntarily, particularly the Africans, as settlers of the displanted, we benefit from the colonization and genocide of the indigenous peoples. It goes on and on and on. Just saying, it's ter- We acknowledge we're terrible. We're terrible people in Canada. And we got to give the land back to the Washahashahushi, who we're not even going to acknowledge, took it from the Halamana Anabi. But, but forget about that. It was fine when they conquered each other. It's terrible when our guys conquered them. And we acknowledge this. Yeah, and you have to agree. What if I don't agree with that? I don't agree with that. I don't think it's a terrible thing that the Christian West came in and conquered the new world. I think that's a good thing. I think it was good for the people, generally. There was some, it was bad for some of the people, but it was broadly speaking, it was good. And I think it's good for the world that America now exists. And I, I just think, I think it's a good thing. That's fine. I think it's much, I think it's much better when, when the English conquered the new world than, say, when the Comanche conquered the Apache, right? I, I think that's good. But I have to agree to this in order to take the class. Now, they, they have a little disclaimer at the bottom. They say, by selecting I agree, you are indicating your acknowledgement of this statement. Our intent is not to impose agreeance, but to inform through acknowledgement. So they're saying, we're not making you agree. You just have to click a button that says agree. But don't worry. It doesn't mean that you have to agree. But do you agree? Agree. Agree. And in a, in a world in which things are increasingly online, in a world in which we're accessing education online, where we're accessing community online, where we're exercising our political rights online. The people who control those online platforms are going to be able to get you to agree. And if you don't go along with their increasingly radical woke demands, you're just going to be shut out. It's not even just a question of the ideology. It's a question of the power. Who's got the power? Who can make you press that button? And are those the kind of people that you think should be ruling society? I certainly do not. Speaking of land disputes, this happened uh, last week or two weeks ago, but I I didn't have a chance to get to it. I do want to get to it. ISIS plotted to assassinate George W. Bush by smuggling assassins across the border. So an ISIS operative who was living in Columbus, Ohio, sought to smuggle terrorists through the U.S.-Mexico border to kill Bush. This according to an unsealed FBI search warrant application. And there are lots of questions here. One, apparently the feds were in contact with this guy. 
So that, that's good at least. We don't know. Sometimes it seems like the feds are just inciting people to commit attacks, like you saw in the, the plot to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer up in, in Michigan. But maybe the feds here just act, actually intercepted this and jumped to the aid of George Bush and arrested this guy. We are seeing third world country kind of stuff here. We are now seeing a border that is so weak, so porous, that our own presidents could potentially be assassinated. Globalism is not working out very well. <laughs> the promise of globalism is there are not going to be any borders. There are not going to, no borders to trade, no borders to politics or citizenship, no borders for anything. We're all just going to kumbaya. We're all going to become one culture. We're just going to give it up. All of our particular aspects of our particular culture, everyone's interchangeable with everything else. And we're all just going to live in one happy world where GDP increases. <laughs> and that's all that matters. It's not working out very well. You're seeing intense political instability as a result of this, up to and including the potential assassination of our own presidents. You would think that the libs would get the message. You would think that that would wake people up. Oh, didn't work out the way we thought it was going to. For a year, I'll give you another example. For years, politicians in both parties said, a rising China is good for everybody. Let's support China. Let's let China into the World Trade Organization. Let's encourage trade with China because as China becomes more powerful, that's going to be good for the United States. Some people thought this sounded good in theory. Joe Biden spread this theory. And then it turns out it's not true. Okay. So what happens when you realize it's not true? What do you do? Do you change your behavior or, or do you change your beliefs? <laughs> you, do, you, you, you just, you, you remain stuck. You don't do a damn thing. If you are at these lips, they say, okay, never mind. La la la. I'm going to ignore what's going on. I'm going to ignore popular uprisings against our regime here. I'm going to ignore rising nationalist and populist sentiment. And as it grows, I'm going to try to suppress them. And I'm going to call them terrorists. And I'm going to let crook lawyers off the hook for rigging elections. And I'm going to do everything I can not to change based on the facts on the ground. It's the same issue you've seen with Will Thomas. I'm not even going to make the argument anymore that a rising China is good for everyone. I'm just going to enforce open borders through sheer tyranny of will. You're seeing the popular reaction against this. Just look at the race in Arizona. We've had Blake Masters on this show. Blake Masters is a Senate candidate in Arizona, and he is running a socially conservative campaign. He's running a campaign where he says Americans should be able to raise their family on a single income. I love that. I think that's great. He ran a campaign ad where he said, I, I don't think that the 2020 election was fair. I think it was rigged. I don't think Biden really won fair and square. I You're not allowed to say that, but he said it. And I like that he said it. That guy is surging in Arizona. I believe he's now leading the race. Take note, all you Republican politicians. This is the future, at least in terms of what the people want. That is what the people want. That is not what the ruling class wants. That's not what the people who are writing up the agreements that you have to agree to on tech platforms want. That's not what the self-appointed oligarchs want. That's not what the Davos set wants when they're trying to reset our political and economic order. And you got to pick a side. You can either suck up to the elites who want to ignore the will of the people, who are, who are still pushing this outmoded, completely discredited idea of globalism, of the idea that, that particularity is, is awful. Or you can see which way the wind is blowing. I think Blake Masters is totally right. 
Speaking of foreign lands and culture, well, I'll wait to get to this tomorrow. I really want to get to this because some lunatic just tried to destroy the Mona Lisa in the name of environmentalism and saving the world. I'll get to it tomorrow because I, I do have to address something a lot of people have been asking about. I had a great uh, debate with Victoria Hammett, who is a, a TikTok star. I had a great debate with her over abortion. It, the conversation lasted over 90 minutes. It was a great exchange. It was getting, uh, when, when the video went private, I think it was getting, it had over 100,000 views. People were enjoying it. I got a call from Victoria. She asked that we take it down for, for whatever reason. She, had, she said that she had concerns about the debate even before we uploaded it. So presumably she didn't like how it, how it turned out, at least for her side of the debate. Uh, but then she also later, she said, I'm just worried people are sending me comments that are really making me feel threatened and scared. And uh, so I looked through the comments. I saw, you know, a couple, I, I, I did not share that. I did not share that uh, concern. I don't, I don't think that was a, a big threat. But she called, she asked very nicely, she's a nice gal. She asked if we would take it down. And we decided, we at the DW decided to be friendly neighbors and take down that video and to beef up our agreements now when, <laughs> when leftists come on the show to debate issues. So uh, we won't do it again. Uh, we're going to make that crystal clear. But since this was the first time that we've had anyone ask us, just say, hey, can you please take this down from the channel? We decided to do it. I'm sure it's on the internet somewhere if you, if you really want to watch it. I, I was uh, grateful to Victoria for coming on this show. Hope she comes back on the show. Hope more libs come back on the show. And I can assure you, we will not be taking down the videos if they ask us to in the future. But this one time, because she asked so nicely, we agreed to do it. There's that. Now you'll have to dig through the internet to find where it's lurking. Because the internet is forever, of course. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. See you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Clavin Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Associate producer, Justine Turley. Audio mixer, Mike Coromina. And hair and makeup by Cherokee Hart. Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2022. Today on the Ben Shapiro Show, during Pride Month, Good Morning America features Leah Thomas talking about why it's so empowering for a dude to beat the living hell out of the ladies in swimming competition. Joe Biden is puzzled by his low approval ratings and everything else. And BTS visits the White House. That's today on the Ben Shapiro Show. Give it a listen. Mm-hmm. 